1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. And now Murray to the end zone. Brown, touchdown! It's Judon and McCourty, Mr. Steady on the back end for the Patriots. Here's Murray. He takes off and stumbles, brought down at the 44 as he picks up three. And after going down awkwardly, he can't get up. In game number nine of this year, Jackson being chased, being chased, able to get away and turn the corner back in the Seattle territory and down near the 35-yard line. This is what makes Lamar so difficult, talking to Coach Carroll. When you spread things out, he just needs to get by one guy. And this is what makes Lamar different than everybody else. Out to Kispert. Another miss for Washington. Tap out by Gafford to Beal. Beal hits the three. 33 points on the night for Bradley Beal. Girds the H-back, number 49. They hand it to Henderson, who runs the opposite way. He shoves one blocker into the end zone. Touchdown, Ohio State. Bellinger now with 19 home runs. Drives one in the air. Left center. This ball's got a chance. Bellinger strikes again. This is a two-seamer running away, and there's no reason as a left-handed hitter to try to pull the ball today. And he just drives this one into the gap in left center, gets it up into the breeze, and Bellinger with his second bomb of the day. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Wednesday, November 8th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis in today's Sports Zone. Right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. Should Kyler Murray be expected to be a difference maker? The Ravens, are they the second best team in the AFC? Bradley Beal, what do you want to see and what will you be looking for when he makes his son's debut, which might be tonight? Uh, the CFP, what stood out in week two of the rankings. The Cubs, well, they paid Cody Bellinger. And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. And moments for the introduction of today's pipeline. 10-15, our weekly fantasy football update with John McKechnie of rotowire.com. I was a no-show yesterday, so John's on today, and we appreciate him changing his schedule for us. 10.30 Interactive Action at 6.02, I was a scheduled no-show yesterday. Let's put it that way. It wasn't like a last-minute, I'm not showing up thing. That was scheduled. Okay. Uh, 10.30, the Interactive Action at 6.02, 260, 10.60. That'll include you know, several local roundup items, but I'm hoping for more phone calls then. So 6.02, 260, 10.60, you all can carry that segment. Final segment of the Sports Zone will be the National, uh, national Roundup, he tried to say. Top by rip from the headlines and from the wire. Then after the sports zone, 
from 11 to 1. It is the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That'll include more phone call time at 602-260-1060. Right now, on to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. Can't take my eyes off this MLB Network thing right now. They have John Paul Morosi reporting from the winter meetings in Scottsdale, and they have a fireplace you know, burning in the background. So uh, they must, you know, if you don't know, if people are turning in that network right now and don't know where the winter meetings in, they're gonna probably think they're like in, you know, somebody, someplace that's frigid right now. And not Scottsdale, Arizona. Okay, on to the poll questions we go. We start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question, will Kyle Murray be a difference-making player this season? And Kayla is here and gets uh, to give us the early returns right now. I do. Uh, and the masses right now are undecided. They're in a 50-50 split between yes Ooh. and no. That's good. I was worried this is going to be one of those 100% things, so that's good. Uh, the Cardinals on Tuesday activated Murray off the injured reserve list. It seems he will play this Sunday versus Atlanta, uh, which uh, would be his first game since he suffered the torn ACL that you heard in the uh, highlight or low light package, uh, considering the actual highlight there or what we used. Uh, that, of course, that was last December, a Monday night game against the Patriots. Today's Twitter poll question, is Baltimore the second best team in the AFC? And Kayla, what's going on here? Well, you were just praising the fact that uh, the previous question was 50-50, and this one I can't say this the is same. A, this, is a, this is 100%, right? Yes, but maybe it surprised you which side of it it's on. It's on the yes side of things, 100% of the vote, KDUS oh, yeah. AM 1060. No, that actually doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know, The case for the Ravens is they're unbeaten against teams that have winning records. Some believe that the Dolphins are the second-best team, but the Dolphins have not beaten a team with a winning record since September of 2022. Not 2023, 2022. The last time that Miami beat a team above 500. Meanwhile, on the local front, Bradley Beal might make his season debut for the Suns or might make his Suns debut tonight. The Suns upgraded Beal's status from, you know, out to questionable yesterday. Of course, he's yet to play in a game because of back issues. What will you be looking for from Bradley Beal when he, whenever it is that he makes his son's debut? Meanwhile, Spain, the Globe, Ohio State remains number one in the CFP standings, which are meaningless in the month of November. And uh, you know, basically, anybody with a college football brain, uh, guessing nobody thinks Ohio State is really the best team. What stood out in week two of the college football CFP rankings? Meanwhile, the Cubs are spending money. We covered this a little bit towards the end of the extra point on Monday, but they're making Craig Council the highest paid manager. But the question is, will the Cubs spend money to actually sign free agent Cody Bellinger, who I heard yesterday might be making $200 million? Really? A $200 million contract? Okay. Uh... One really good season. Uh, also, in addition to all these outstanding questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That's Pipeline for today. We will get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it's from the Pipeline 
or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or in tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by our weekly fantasy football update with John McKechnie of rotowire.com. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, phone call time, and I got plenty of time if you want to get in. I've got some things I'm going to get to, uh, depending on the phone call volume, uh, but those things, those things can actually wait till the extra point. So if you want to get in, we'll have extra time uh, at the bottom of the hour, 602-260-1060. Uh, also, we'll have at least a little local roundup at that point, as I mentioned. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cass Lux HD2 100.7. Tune in weekdays to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp from 9 to 10 a.m. on KTUS AM 1060, KTUS1060.com, and with the KTUS 1060 app. All right, welcome back to the Sports Zone. A little Ray Manzarek on keyboards there, and I'm like on keyboards in my desk here as we hear that. Uh, welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. Time for our weekly fantasy football update, albeit a day late because uh, I was a no-show yesterday. I had a scheduled doctor's appointment, which went well, I might add. So that's a good thing. Uh, out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by John McKechnie of rotowire.com. John, a little different deal this week, I think, because the Chiefs, Dolphins, Eagles, and Rams are all on by this week. So how does this change waiver wire strategy? Because, you know, I think there's some fantasy owners are just probably hoping they can just get by this week. Right, exactly. It's going to be tough to, to fill out your lineups this week um, as they're currently constructed. But, uh, you know, there's some big players uh, in your backyard that, that should be coming back this week. I think it's huge that um, that Josh Allen – or I'm sorry, I'm sorry – uh, Kyler Murray is is set to come back, and I think it's also a big deal that James Conner um, listed a, as potentially being ready to go th- this weekend. So if you've been stashing them uh, on your benches the, these last few weeks or, or months in, in some cases, uh, I think you're, you're excited to get them back, especially on a week like this where we have so many, uh, you know, A-plus, you know, a, a Apex type of teams uh, on by. But uh, beyond that, I mean, we, we definitely saw – uh, some, some players really ascend this past weekend, a, a couple of rookies that I'm sure we'll, we'll get into and, and some other guys that, that have really been catching your eyes uh, on the waiver wire, and, and we'll see how they perform here going forward. Okay, before we get to that, you, know, you mentioned Murray. Is, is there any um, trepidation in uh, fantasy owners' minds that he may not be the runner that he was before the ACL? 
Well, I, I think you know you, you can you can have that concern. It, it's valid. Um, you know, he was always an undersized guy, and and uh, you 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 always liked the rushing ability, but it also kind of always made you a little bit scared when he when he would take off, just because uh, the size is not something that that you want to see him taking on uh, linebackers in the open field, but. Luckily, Kyler is a tremendously gifted natural passer, so I think he is going to be able to operate this offense well and in return, uh, you know, solid production for his fantasy investors. And I think he doesn't even need to, to necessarily have huge numbers on the ground to, to make that happen. I've been really impressed with Trey McBride. Um, I think Michael Wilson's about to hit another level. Rondale Moore um, been a little bit frustrating, a little boomer bust this year, but I think that he's going to get back into the mix here and, and start producing as well. So there, there's talent around him. Also helps that James Conner is going to come back. So uh, even if the rushing production isn't gaudy, you're still going to be uh, happy to have Kyler Murray, I think. Okay, I mentioned the team's on by, so that means Mahomes, Hurts, and Tua uh, in Stafford are all on by this week. Um, curious, is Will Levis rostered uh, in most leagues at this point? If he wasn't um, but before last week, I think he definitely should be now. I, I know some leagues, a bunch of leagues that I'm in, uh, don't run waivers until Wednesday night, so that there is still a chance to, to take a look out there. I know obviously a lot of waivers have run as of this morning, but uh, Levis looks like the guy, and, and obviously with Brable making the decision yesterday to, to go forward uh, with Levis as uh, the starter for the Titans, I think that's a, that's a great move for them. They're, they're not really – uh, a team that, that has much in the way of playoff aspirations, in, in my opinion, even if the South is – it's not wide open, but, you know, there, there's a chance that if a team makes a run here in the second half, they, they could uh, snatch it from the Jaguars. But I think Levis has played really well so far. He's played much better than than I would have expected. His, his debut, of course, was unbelievable last week. Comes back down to earth a little bit, but that's a short week against a good Steelers defense on the road. You kind of give him a pass there, so – uh, this week against Tampa Bay, next week against Jacksonville, and then Carolina and Indy coming up. That's a really nice stretch here for, for Levis. So even if uh, you, you're kind of like pinched for options this week, I think Levis is viable. But like I, I think that he has some legit uh, bona fides as a uh, fantasy starter in deeper leagues uh, here over this next month. Okay, so you know, we, people are going to need some quarterbacks this week. Uh, so who might be a quarterback available on the wire in some leagues that uh, can fill the void at least and you kind of cross your fingers and hope they do something? <laughs> well, old pal, Josh Dobbs, uh, you guys remember him? Um, he, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that <laughs> performance on, on Sunday was uh, just unreal. I mean, all, all the stories that come out after the game about how he doesn't know his teammates' names. He doesn't really know the, the cadences. Uh, oh. does, certainly doesn't know the plays. And yet he goes out there and just kind of balls out um, in, in a way that I haven't really seen him do on an NFL field before. He was great in college, obviously, but hadn't really translated to this level. And, and him not really knowing anything, asking, the, asking Jordan Addison what to do on a given play uh, when they're in the huddle and still being able to execute, that, that's pretty remarkable stuff. Uh, so I, I think that Dobbs is kind of like the, the premier uh, quarterback pickup uh, for this week. It, again, under the assumption that, that um, Will Levis is probably already rostered. And I'm not really sure that there's uh, anyone on the Giants that, that is going to be uh, a worthwhile pickup uh, unless Tyrod Taylor is able to come back. He does have that rib injury that he suffered a couple weeks back. I think what we've seen over the last two weeks from Tom DeVito 
uh, that, that lets us know that he's not, uh, you, you know, but there, there's always a line, right, for, for you know, what, what constitutes being at least fantasy viable at, at the quarterback position, and, and we know that he, he doesn't meet that threshold, so uh, don't, don't waste your time there. Baker Mayfield, uh, is he an obvious ad this week, and do we care about Taylor Heineke? Um, I think those are two guys that, that should at least be rostered. I don't know if you're starting either of them. It, again, it depends on, on you know how hard you're, you're getting hit by the bye weeks. But I feel like this is a good setup for, for Baker Mayfield. I feel like he's, uh, you know, the, the public perception of him, that he's not the most popular guy in the world, but he's been playing a pretty decent brand of football over these last few weeks. I mean, that, that almost Hail Mary against Buffalo was very impressive. Leads Tampa Bay down to a to – a, uh, go-ahead drive last week, and then, of course, the, the defense lets down. But C.J. Stroud just kind of inevitable at, at this point. And Baker also led a, a late-game drive against the Falcons a few weeks back as well. So he, he's playing well. I think he's playing better than, than people realize. Um, so I'd definitely um, scoop him if I'm in need of a quarterback in, in Heineke. Uh, the, the Falcons, my, my conclusion is that they're just always going to continue to be frustrating as long as Arthur Smith – is at the helm there, but but Heineke, I do believe, raises the ceiling at least a little bit on that offense, so maybe he unlocks some stuff there. Um, so he's a lower-end uh, waiver priority guy, but but still someone that, that probably needs to be rostered. John McKechnie of rotowire.com, currently in the sports zone, our fantasy football discussion. Okay, on to some running back. Your Ravens guy, Keaton Mitchell, uh, made some big plays last Sunday against the Seahawks, but... How many touches does Mitchell get with Gus Edwards seemingly at least the goal line guy and maybe more and Justice Hill has actually made some plays? Right. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like we, we, we mentioned Keaton Mitchell way back when he was still on injured reserve as someone to, to keep an eye on once, yeah. once he got activated. Yep. Then he gets activated and he gets hurt immediately on, on the first touch. And I'm like, oh, come on. Um, but then last week happens just – I mean, it was – Perfect. It was, it was the perfect distillation of what he can do on the football field. I mean, just a, a total um, eraser of angles. All these Seahawks defenders have a great line on him, and Mitchell is still just running past him. And I think what was really impressive was his ability to run through contact. I think Pro Football Focus had him credited for, like, over 100 yards after contact last wow. weekend. So that, that's, you know, not something that, that we really assumed would be in his game and to your point, it's a loaded backfield now, and now I think it's uh, kind of a full-blown committee. Um, I wonder if he takes some of the work off of Edwards' plate in between the 20s. I don't think he's a, a huge threat to, to be a goal-line guy, of course. It, it doesn't really make sense when you have Lamar Jackson, you have Gus Edwards, you have Mark Andrews, if you want to throw it in the red area. like that. You know, you don't need to be throwing a, a, or running a 190-pound running back in there when you have those type of options, but the beauty, of, the beauty of Keaton Mitchell is that he doesn't need the goal line carries, right? It's sort of like a poor man's Devin Achan where, you know, the, the touchdowns are going to come from distance. I believe that his touchdown was the first touchdown that the Ravens had scored outside of the red zone this year. So he adds that explosive element. Wow. If I've been holding on to Justin, Justice Hill as a, as a flex option or, or a, a bench uh, depth type of option in my uh, fantasy backfield, I'm definitely concerned there because I think Keaton Mitchell is, is a direct threat uh, to Justice Hill um, as, as the season progresses here. Meanwhile, uh, Khalil Herbert is off IR. He's listed as participating in practice, but it was just a walkthrough day. 
crowded backfield in Chicago is Herbert an ad at this point? I think he's a, he's a speculative ad because we, we know before he got injured that, that he was starting to kind of take command um, of, of that Bears backfield. I think it's going to continue to be um, just sort of a hodgepodge every single week, though. Uh, you know, Deontay Foreman can have his weeks. Roshan Johnson can get some cracks at it as well. You add Herbert to that mix, and we start to see, you know, just kind of a, a muddied-up backfield. So not, not too dissimilar for, from how I viewed this backfield uh, during draft season. But, but Herbert, I, I do believe, is the most talented of that group, and, and they're not going to be a team that, that's airing it out constantly. So I do believe that Herbert uh, has value, and now that he's uh, activated off of IR, if he's still hanging around on the waiver wires out there, um, I, I think he's worth that, that speculative ad if you have an obvious drop. Talking fantasy football, John McKechnie from rotowire.com on to the wide receivers. Uh, Demario Douglas has skills, but are we willing to kind of, you know, hitch our wagon to anybody that has anything to do with Mac Jones and the Patriots offense? Boy, that was a tough watch last weekend. I, I, I watched way too <laughs> yeah. much of, of that Patriots game. Uh, I think it was because I had the Patriots uh, minus three and a half. So I'm, I'm just, you know, extra upset at Mac Jones and, and the just sort of balloons that he's throwing out there that, that land uh, nowhere in the vicinity of, of any of those Patriots receivers or even some of the, the Washington secondary. But Douglas does have talent, and I, I think it is important to note that at least for, for this weekend, um, Indianapolis has given up a ton of points that, this year. I mean, they, they gave up a ton to, to the P.J. Walker Browns. Uh, they've given up a ton to, to the Saints um, in, in recent weeks. Obviously, uh, playing against Bryce Young will, will help uh, drop that figure a little bit, but I think this is a soft matchup uh, for, for DeMario Douglas, and I think the target share is definitely there. So in, in that case, I think he, he's worthwhile of, of considering like a, a wide receiver three or a flex for this week, but you got to keep in mind that Patriots will be on by after this week, and, and the schedule likely toughens up thereafter. Mm-hmm. So this, this might be the last time that, that he's really on our radar for a little bit, but at the same time, uh, with Kendrick Ford being out, we know that that role is going to be secure um, going forward. So I think for at least this week against Indy, I like the matchup for Douglas. Okay. I want to believe in the Chargers, Quentin Johnson. Uh, he should already be getting more action with Palmer now out and Mike Williams obviously out for the season, but I, I'm having a tough time here. What, what, what do you think of Johnson? Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure that, that we're going to see him really be viable in, in, you know, redraft leagues for this year. I think Dynasty is a totally different question. We'll, we'll see how he can develop year over year. But uh, when, when a rookie who's, you know, all tools, no polish uh, comes in and, and uh, the, the lack of polish really uh, does kind of set them down the, the target pecking order, kind of like what we saw with Traylon Burks a year ago, you start to question whether it, he, it is going to click. And I know that it's, it's very quick to, to jump ship on, on a rookie, especially one that, that was taken in the first round. But I think it, it's looking pretty concerning for Quentin Johnson right now. I mean, I, I would have figured at the very least after Mike Williams uh, went down with, with his knee injury that, that this was going to be go time for, for QJ. And then uh, Josh Palmer just jumps right in to that role. And I think Josh Palmer is fine as like a – wide receiver three, wide receiver four in an offense, but for Quentin Johnson to not be able to beat him out, even if I'm a little bit dubious on uh, 
on the way that Brandon Staley coaches that team, you, you still would have figured that, that Quentin Johnson would, would have been able to find a way to, to get more targets uh, it, ever since Williams was out. Now, now Palmer's out, of course. But I'm, I just think that this all just gets a lot more funneled to Keenan Allen, uh, to Austin Eckler, into this tight ends there, and and you know we can continue to be frustrated by by Quentin Johnson. So I've seen him on waiver wires in deep leagues that that I'm in with 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 sharp guys from the industry, and I'm not inclined to pick him up. They're not inclined to pick him up. So what does that say? That's yeah, I'm, I'm with you all on that. You know, on that for sure. Okay, wide receivers. Anybody else we should uh, be trying to target the next uh, few hours here? Well, um, Tank Dell and, and Noah Brown both were impressive that this past week. Uh, I'm a little bit, uh, you know, because we, we've seen a longer sample of Noah Brown, we, we can probably assume that, uh, you know, that this guy is like a fringe wide receiver three uh, going forward. But if Stroud, if he's attached to C.J. Stroud, uh, you know, maybe that, that does become a little bit more interesting. We're, we're not going to see Texans involved in, in games that, that go above 70 points all that often the rest of the season. You can't completely count it out, of course, but I'm a little bit dubious on him, but I think he's worth a flyer. Um, but obviously the, the Texas receiver that you'd want to grab if he's still available on waivers uh, would be uh, Houston rookie uh, Tank Dell. Uh, small, but, but really fun to watch. Um, he's really hit the ground running in a way that I didn't expect coming into this year. So I think that he's, if you play in a league with, with uh, free agent budgets, I think you can slap on, you know, 10%, of your budget, maybe even upwards of 15% of your budget to, to go ahead and acquire him because he clearly has the role. Nico Collins isn't going anywhere. Dalton Schultz isn't going anywhere, but you need uh, that, that third piece. And, and maybe you could even argue that, that Dell is the, that second target in that offense going forward. They, they aren't going to have a run game the rest of the season. It doesn't seem like so. Um, Dell is, is a premier option this week. Uh, Michael Wilson, I think, again, like I alluded to, uh, he's been a little bit dinged up, but I think he's coming back this week. I do like him. I, I like the talent that, that he has. And I think that, you know, physically, other than Trey McBride, the, the Cardinals are kind of lacking those big-bodied pass catchers, and I think Wilson um, can kind of occupy that, that type of role. And then uh, one homer one that, that I'll just throw out there, but I, I do think I've seen a little bit too much of Odell Beckham and Rashad Bateman on waiver wires. I think that they're worth stashing because the Ravens offense uh, it does seem to be ascending right now, even with a couple of tough matchups coming up. Okay, on to the tight ends here. I have Dallas Goddard. He might be out for the rest of the regular fantasy season at least. Uh, who should I be trying to add this week to replace Goddard? Uh, I hear you on that one. I, I have a lot of Goddard. I thought that he was a great uh, drafting option, especially if you're going after a Philadelphia stack. If you could have gotten you know, uh, A.J. Brown in the first, Hurts in the early third or late second, and then Goddard um, in the seventh or eighth round. I thought that you were sitting pretty uh, as far as the, the season was going to be concerned. So his injury definitely throws a wrench into some things. And I don't think that they're, they're necessarily like those obvious candidates um, on Philadelphia's uh, roster in terms of the tight ends to where it's like, oh, well, I'll just scoop him and he's just going to do what Dallas Goddard did um, because you have a, ca- a cast off like, like a uh, – like Albert O, you got Jack Stoll, who's more of a, a blocker. So that, those just aren't really options uh, on, the, on this uh, Philadelphia team. So beyond that, I think Kate Otten is someone to, to keep an eye on. Obviously, he had the big game uh, last week. It seems to be developing a rapport with, with Baker Mayfield. So I do like him as a possible option. Uh, Johnny Smith obviously had the big play last week, so, so you could consider him. 
But at the same time, I, I feel like that can just go away at seemingly any moment. And then beyond that, I, I myself have scooped up a lot of Juwan Johnson going into this weekend. He's, he's you know, caught the touchdown last weekend, starting to play some more snaps, coming back from that injury. Um, he's a talented guy. He's a mismatch. You know, he, coming out of high school, he was recruited as a five-star wide receiver, uh, but he's bulked up, now plays tight end. Um, I think that he's someone that, that if he's still on the waiver wire and you're, and you're hurting for tight ends, uh, I think he's viable. Okay, John, tell people how to uh, listen to you on other airwaves and uh, read your stuff. All right. So so on every Thursday, uh, I record two podcasts for Rotowire. I, I record the, the fantasy football preview show with, with Mario Puig. We, we live stream that. It'll be uh, morning uh, where, where, where y'all are, but – um, you can always catch that in, in your podcast feed later in the day, but we do live stream that on the RotoWire YouTube channel. And then a little bit later on in the day, uh, Nick Whalen and I do the RotoWire uh, sports betting podcast where we break down the, the NFL slate. We run through every game, our, our bets uh, for each game and our, our best bets, our best bets. Both of us last week in lockstep, we were on the Bengals. That came in pretty nicely. So uh, you'll definitely want to check that out as well. Um, if you're into the, the sports betting angle, uh, of the NFL and beyond that if you like college football DFS I, I write our DraftKings main slate uh, every Friday as, as well so looking forward to this weekend slate already it's gonna be a good one all right I was on the Bengals myself so there we go we're all on the Bengals uh-huh. this last week and I, I'm guessing we might be on the Bengals in the future too but that's just another story for another day all right John great stuff as always I appreciate it back to Tuesday starting next week I'm done with uh, doctor's appointments and hopefully least for a while thanks well well cheers to that i'll catch you guys next week thank you yeah cheers to that for sure all right next segment phone call time if you want to jump aboard general discussion we got plenty of time if you want to get in 602-260-1060 a little local roundup depending on the phone call volume um we got a couple things that uh we'll either get to in the next segment or in the extra point hosted by kayla which of course is from 10 i did it again i I did so well on monday and then i wasn't here yesterday and i get we're now the extra point is now from 11 to 1. so at least i caught myself before i you know went to the end of the segment and then i thought to you know at the end of the segment i'll go ah damn i screwed that up but i did not completely screw it up because i corrected myself before we to the end of the segment yeah so there how about that 602-260-1060. 602-260-1060. You're listening to Sports with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and, uh, and uh, KSLX. Still KSLX, HD2, 100.7. We'll do what's best for the team, and we'll do what's best for you. The Rich Eisen Show, coming to you weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time. we got time for you if you want to jump aboard, 602-260-1060. I'll do a little local roundup here. Uh, the 1-7 Cardinals are 1.5-point home underdogs against the 4-5 and five Falcons. The Cardinals, in case you missed the pipeline or... Yeah, we're kind of sleeping under a sports rock yesterday. Uh, they uh, activated Kyler Murray 
And uh, speculation has uh, really been for a few weeks that this was going to be a season debut against the Falcons. That seems to be the case, at least as of right now. So we'll find out, I'm guessing, 90 minutes before the game on Sunday, whether he's active or not. Uh, meanwhile, the 2-7 and seven Sun Devils, 17-point underdogs at 6-3 and three UCLA, even though UCLA does not have a quarterback or you know they're down their top two quarterbacks got hurt last week their third guy is just pretty much a runner and uh, they don't have a scholarship kicker right now at UCLA and ASU is so bad that they're 17 point underdogs in spite of all those things going on at UCLA meanwhile the six and three Wildcats 10 and a half point favorites at uh, on Saturday at four and five Colorado the Wildcats were ranked 21st last night in the second week of the 2023 college football playoff rankings, the UVA, of course, could be 8-1 and one if Jed Fish had not badly mismanaged both losses on the road uh, to Mississippi State and USC. Meanwhile, also on the local roundup today, the 3-4 and four Suns. The three-game road trip concludes tonight at 3-5 and five Chicago. Quite a showdown in Chicago, 3-4 and four against 3-5. and five. Um, The Suns on Tuesday... Did say that Bradley Beal is questionable, but Devin Booker still out. Beal has yet to play a game with his new team, and uh, uh, Booker has played just two games this season. Booker has not played since suffering a calf injury during the 31-point, uh, 13-assist performance last uh, sat- last Thursday. Excuse me, in the second game that they lost last week against San Antonio. Of course, they lost two games to San Antonio at home. Uh, which were you know not good. It's hard to lose twice to the Spurs in uh, any realm, but two straight home games and you lose them both. Uh, meanwhile, the Suns, a little more than two weeks into the regular season, are 11th in the Western Conference, while the Bulls are 12th in the East. Meanwhile, in the last Suns game, which was Sunday, uh, Kevin Durant had 41 points in the 120-106 to victory over Monty Williams and the Detroit Pistons. Chicago ended the three-game skid on Monday with a 130-113 to home route of Utah. Uh, that included a season-high eight bowls scoring in double figures. Zach Levine, Levine excuse me, 24 points, and DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan had 21 uh, to lead the bowls in that game. They shot 56% from the field in the first quarter and 51% for the game. As uh, the Bulls are on a stretch here that started on Monday, they're playing seven of eight games at home, which is a little unusual in the NBA. Not sure what's going on at the United Center that allows them to play. Apparently not much going on at the United Center that allows them to play that many home games. Meanwhile, if you care about regular season history, which you shouldn't, uh, the uh, Suns have won seven consecutive games against uh, Chicago. The fact that they want to go even further back, the Bulls last beat the Suns in Chicago in November of 2018. I'm not even sure who was on the roster in 2018. Not many. I don't think anybody uh, was on the roster that is currently on the. Was Booker on the team in 2018? That'd be the only guy. Meanwhile, ASU hoops begins its season tonight. The Sun Devils three and a half point underdogs versus Mississippi State. This is also in Chicago at the Wind Trust Arena. And I have no idea where the Wind Trust Arena is located. Uh, so it wasn't there when I was there. Uh, so there's that. By the way, uh, I mentioned Mississippi State. Uh, former NAU and UCLA coach Ben Howland is no longer the head coach of Mississippi State. Uh, I thought that was the case, and I looked it up. And I actually forgot 
that former New Mexico head coach Chris Jans actually took that job, and he is now the head coach at uh, MSU. Meanwhile, U of A hoops is off until Friday. The Wildcats began their season on uh, Monday night with a 122-59 win in Tucson over Morgan State. Morgan State, not good. The next opponent for the U of A, which is Friday, pretty good team, Duke. They play Duke and Cameron. Uh, Duke is number two in the country, at least in the preseason ranking. And uh, Duke won 92-64 in its season opener earlier this week against Dartmouth. All right, shorter segment here. Coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That will be followed by the conclusion of today's show with the National Roundup. That will include uh, some From the Wire. Actually, we'll do a little latest line. Well, the Sun's latest line for tonight. I'll check that during the break here. The Suns and Bulls latest line. If you're betting on NBA in the month of November, good luck to you. And you know, don't bet until you actually see the inactives before the game. That's uh, an NBA regular season staple. I personally have not bet on an NBA regular season game in I don't know how long. And I have no interest in betting on one until further notice, which I'm guessing will not be this season. But anyway, we'll give you a latest line for the NBA and then get to a little uh, combination of from the wire, rip from the headlines, and whatever else I can jam in to a segment that is going to be a little longer than usual. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlex HD2 100.7. Now time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show, right here on KDUS AM 1060, 100.7 HD2, and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back to the final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD2 100.7. Let's get into a little latest line action. Let's start with the Suns uh, tonight at Chicago, as you just heard during the update there from Corey. And uh, the Bulls are one-and-a-half-point favorites against the Suns tonight. Uh, Bradley Beal, at least listed yesterday, is questionable by, by the Suns. And uh, see if he makes his uh, debut with the Suns this evening. Total in that game, 221-and-a-half. Strangely enough, uh, other than unfortunately – you know, Ball, who is out for the season once again, unfortunately for him, and and really, you know, he's he's a fun player to watch, especially if you have you know guys that can put the ball in the basket around him. Uh, he's unfortunately out for a second consecutive season because of uh, some knee complications that uh, just haven't gotten any better. Hence the term complications. A couple other NBA games, the TV games tonight on ESPN. San Antonio is at New York against the Knicks. And this game, in the last 10 minutes or so, has moved uh, from 9.5 to 10.5, and I uh, didn't have time to look during the break. I have no idea why, so my apologies there. Uh, but uh, the Knicks, a 10.5-point favorite. Of course, this is Victor Webimyama, his first game ever in uh, New York City. Well, as, as a professional, I don't know if he's played there in his amateur days or not, quite frankly. But uh, big deal there. I'm sure that's why this is a national television game. Uh, meanwhile, the second half of the doubleheader on ESPN is Golden State at Denver. And this game has also moved, but at least I know why. Uh, this game has gone uh, from the Denver Nuggets, a three-point favor to four, four-and-a-half. That's in the last few minutes because uh, I got a note here. 
just a text alert a couple of minutes ago. Uh, Draymond Green will miss tonight's game against the Nuggets because of personal reasons. So he's out tonight uh, for the Golden State Warriors. Also, on to uh, some rip from the headlines and from the wire. Let's start with the NFL. Uh, Titans head coach Mike Vrabel said that Will Levis is a starting quarterback, even when Ryan Tannehill is healthy. Uh, so um, Will Levis is the man in uh, Tennessee right now. And, uh, you know, they have uh, faced Tampa this week, so we'll see how that goes. A good pass rush, not much of a secondary. Well, I should rephrase that. Uh, they're, they've given up big pass plays for whatever reason. Uh, but uh, it definitely uh, would seem to seem like Tampa Bay would have a front seven advantage in that game. Uh, meanwhile, the Rams on by this week on Carson Wentz, who I kind of forgot existed, quite frankly. I'm not sure this means whether Matthew Stafford is out longer than the next game for the Rams, and they're on by this week. So you know, I don't think that would. Uh, I don't think Carson Wentz. Well, you know, never know. We saw Josh Jobs last week. I think Josh Jobs is far more intelligent. Uh, then Carson Wentz and can pick up uh, you know, at least a, you know, somewhat of a system. Uh, and he can apparently do plays on the fly like we learned this earlier this hour. Oh, actually, I learned over the weekend, but then once again, John McKechnie pointed that out. You know, basically, he's got you know, teammates, his new teammates in Minnesota, telling him the plays before, like literally in the huddle, when they're going to run the play. Uh, so that was pretty amazing. But Wentz ends up in uh, L.A. with the Rams. Maybe uh, the Rams are hoping you know, they got something out of Baker Mayfield last year, and certainly Mayfield has been better than expected this year. Also from the NFL, most importantly, in this hour possibly most importantly, Blake Martinez has come out of retirement, and he signed this week with the Panthers. Martinez, of course, is from the Canandoro High School in Tucson, Harvard of the Southwest and Athlete Factory. I uh, was uh, neither of those things when I went to high school there and graduated in 1975. <laughs> but yeah, I've just kind of thrown into those two things over the years. And it's not very often we get to use the Canandoro High School reference anymore. They had a whole bunch of guys in Major League Baseball you know, a few years ago, but not anymore. Ian Kinsler is a coach somewhere. And that's uh, the last guy I remember from the Canandoro High School uh, playing in uh, the Major League level of baseball. Meanwhile, speaking of that, the Red Sox, uh, speaking of Major League Baseball, the Red Sox have shown interest, and I'm sure many teams have, in starting pitcher and free agent starter Jordan Montgomery. Uh, the Reds are getting trade offers for second baseman Jonathan India, who was the rookie of the year just a couple of years ago. Uh, and now he doesn't really have a place to play or a position to play in Cincinnati. They've got a whole bunch of middle infielders. And there, you know, we're basically as musical chairs between second base and shortstop, and third base for that matter, uh, in the second half of last season. And India seems to be the odd guy out. And obviously, there are some major league teams that are interested in his services. All right, on to the NFL. If you do not know the exciting Thursday night game, which is tomorrow, because this is Wednesday and tomorrow's Thursday, the Chicago Bears are. Uh, are hosting the Carolina Panthers in this game. This, this number has jumped up. Uh, if you go back to the opening line, which was you know last week, the look ahead line, the Bears were one and a half point favorites, and now we think Justin Fields is going to play. Uh, at least there's indications that he might play. And anything other than you know, Bajent is going to be an upgraded quarterback because Bajent is another one of uh, 
Unfortunately, way too many quarterbacks we've seen play in the NFL this year that should certainly not be starters in the NFL. Uh, but as Fields can do anything in this game, he should just be able to hand the ball off, quite frankly, because uh, the Panthers are not particularly good against the run. So you'll see how this goes. And Khalil Herbert might play for the uh, for the Bears also. And coming, uh, he's active now, uh, coming off of IR. So anyway, uh, this number has gone from one and a half up to four. Total in that game, 39. Uh, we will not have a guest previewing this game tomorrow because why <laughs> would be the answer to that. Also, some other games that caught my attention uh, as far as the uh, updated line here. Cleveland's at Baltimore, and uh, the Ravens have gone from five-and-a-half to six-point favorites in that game. Meanwhile, the uh, San Francisco 49ers are at uh, Jacksonville. Uh, the 49ers, both these teams coming off of buys, right? Uh, so... Yeah, San Francisco opened two and a half up to three. It looks like they're going to get some of their injured players back after the bye week, including Debo Samuels. And uh, as far as Jacksonville goes, uh, you know, the um, um, I lost my note here on Jacksonville. Sorry about that. The total in this game opened at 44 and a half, and it's up to 46. I think that has something to do with you know, Debo returning possibly and also – San Francisco's defense hasn't been very good for a while. And then on Sunday, the Cardinals, um, actually close to a favorite. Uh, they were one-and-a-half-point home underdog against Atlanta, and Atlanta completely fell on its face last week, uh, getting torched by C.J. Stroud. Uh, no, excuse me, they got touched, torched by Josh Dobbs. I got my quarterbacks mixed up there, my bad. I got uh, torched by... Josh Dobbs and uh, Atlanta, which I thought was a good defense. I think I was wrong about that, them being a good defense. We will preview the Falcons and get the latest on the Falcons heading into the Cardinals game, by the way, in the 10-15 segment of Friday Sports Zone. All right, next two hours, it's the Extra Point, hosted by Kale, including more phone call time. If you want to jump aboard, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.